All right, everybody, it is Wednesday. Time for your midweek information 411. This is Tom Dotan, uh, host of the show, reporter at The Information, just general man about town. Not, a, not even about town, about home. Um, and I've got Corey Weinberg on the line with us today uh, to talk about, well, we mostly Airbnb, and he wrote a great profile of Brian Chesky, who, as the headline says, is he the man to save Airbnb, which really I would hope that the CEO of the company would be the person that would help, uh, that would help save them. Um, but before we get into them, uh, he had a great scoop uh, and something that I think many people in the tech world were kind of sadly anticipating, um, which is uh, layoffs and um, this one coming to Open Door, which is a uh, well. Actually, Corey, why don't you first uh, before you explain kind of its financial situation? What what is Open Door? What is Open Door? Thanks, Tom. Uh, yeah, Open Door is one of these companies I think people in the valley are fascinated by. In- part because it's like this really um it's a really cool idea to to uh, essentially make the home buying and selling process a lot easier and it's a very sort of sort of silicon valley way to go about it you know it uses data science and algorithms to you know determine the price of a home it makes an offer uh, on a home that you know people are looking to sell uh and it takes a fee you know essentially a convenience fee um, for the trouble uh, of not having to, you know, sort of show the home and, and go through all the rigmarole of of, uh, of of selling a house, which everyone knows is a terrible process. Uh, Open Door comes in with a solution to do it. It's also a very, you know, capital intensive, risky kind of big bet kind of a business that's been slowly, you know, sort of picking up steam around the country. Uh, Open Door, I think, was last valued in the four billion dollar range. It's raised. You know, a billion plus of equity, three billion of debt, um, and uh, you know, all of a sudden, the pandemic meant it had to come to a screeching halt. Right. Um, Open Door always struck me as like a very classic Silicon Valley company of this era, in which they identify an inefficiency in the market or some sort of a very specific pain point. Uh, kind of seems to be one that I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here, but appeals mostly to people that are kind of well off or not as concerned about making a ton of money uh, in, in the short term, but it's it's a huge convenience um, to the people that use it, right? I, I think, yes, it is a convenient product. I, I think it's actually, um, I haven't seen a great sort of study on this, but I do think it actually, Open Door falls under the radar sometimes in part because it's mostly appealing to people that aren't, um, you know, that well off. I mean, I think it's okay. mostly, it's, it's mostly a middle class product upper middle class product the homes that it buys from people are not mansions. Are usually right. like are, are not mansions these right. are it, it, it intentionally stays away from luxury housing it intentionally stays away from like san francisco housing and anything in san francisco it doesn't operate here right um in part because it's just much more difficult to price those homes um uh sort of predictably but, but essentially what for open door I was going to say, like, like yeah. the, the kind of the business for them, maybe you're getting to that, is that if I'm someone selling a house, I would be willing to take the price that they're offering to me and then Open Door in turn yeah. sells it for a higher price. It's just an arbitrage uh, in that way. Yeah, it, it's an arbitrage. It, 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 they need to make money off of, um, you know, sort of the appreciation of that home, right? Like it does some repairs on them and it hopes that the, you know, housing market keeps going up and it can sell these homes within, you know, a few months generally. Gotcha. Um, uh, but it's like a big ri- if they misprice the homes or if the housing market suddenly takes a dip like it is right now, then 
that right. creates big risk you right. know, where where you know essentially you all the gains that you sort of had made uh sort of on uh sort of some of the last batches of homes that you sold are suddenly wiped out by the losses that you're gonna have to take right right and so uh, this gets to the story that, that you published earlier today which is you know it's funny when i was speaking to a lot of investors in the valley and i would ask which startups out there are uniquely vulnerable right now do you expect there to be a huge number of layoffs open door was almost always at the top of that list um so so yeah. what happened yeah, so this morning, Open Door informed employees that they were uh, laying off about 600 of their staff. Um, that's about 35%. Uh, so it was a big company. It was about 1,800, uh, 1800 employees. Um, and those were those cuts were across the board. Everyone from software engineers to you know people that were sort of working on home repairs on the ground in Phoenix or or uh, San Antonio or wherever. Um, and so that's a pretty steep cut. I mean, 600 employees is, at least by my count, one of the largest layoffs that we've seen from a private right. tech company. I think only, uh, I think Toast is also up there. There are restaurant, you know, there are restaurant, uh, you know, sort of um, uh, software and hardware company. And so, you know, you're seeing obviously some of the biggest hits right now are are still being taken by, you know, businesses that are you know their business is is directly impacted by the pandemic you know home home buying and selling anything related to real estate a lot of transportation restaurants you know um you know it's not like these startups are insulated right um, right and i think and i think the you know question now and, and we didn't have any fresh reporting on this but i think it's it's the question on everybody's mind uh is how much cash you know do these companies have left um you know you would think that as, as deep of a cut as they made you know you would think that they are you know sort of quickly trying to preserve the cash that they have um, can they raise more money? You know, can they raise convertible debt or, you know, another way to kind of keep going? Um, cause I do think like there, you know, this, this business model is in trouble right now. I can see like a bull case where if they can get through the pandemic, that this way of buying and selling houses could catch on. Um, you know, a, and it was prior to this, where, right? I mean, they, their business was doing it was improving like this was this was a growing business it was growing yeah it's a it's a low margin business right like they they you know it is people intensive it is capital intensive it's it's not like they're just running a software program or a website and and you know it you know they're raking in the profits like the whole the business model is contingent on using sort of this great service as almost like a uh, customer acquisition channel and then the plan that Open Door had started talking about in the last six months or so was we're not going to make all that much money on the actual home sales. Uh, we're using that just to kind of get people in the door and to bring people to our service. What we're actually going to sell them on is like uh, more, you know, sort of we want to be the mortgage provider. We want to be, we want to uh, uh, sell them, to, you know, insurance, uh, title insurance, or you know, other kind of add-on services. Like the company had started talking about how that would be kind of their money maker, and it was kind of only in the early, early-ish stages of building that out before um, really getting hit. Here. There's nothing going. It's like you, you're, you're, you might as well be in the travel world, which uh, is is a transition to um, Airbnb, which you spoke about last time uh, you were on uh, the podcast and. 
and we talked about um, Airbnb's decision to kind of side with travelers uh, when it came to refunding them. But you sort of had the opportunity yeah. in a story uh, at the beginning of the week to talk about just the state of the company right now, uh, which of all yeah. the major Silicon Valley, certainly private companies, they have been the one to watch. Um, they have this massive valuation, massive business. They're a legitimate brand name. Um, but they also have really hit, you know, the, the brunt of this, this whole pandemic has really come down hard on their business model. Um, there's so much to kind of take in with Airbnb and where it's at right now, but uh, maybe we should just start with Brian Chesky. Um, yeah. You've profiled him before. He's an interesting uh, kind of curious and charismatic founder. Um, how would you assess his performance so far in what's really kind of an impossible position? Yeah, I mean, I really, with this story, I wasn't trying to profile him in the sense of we're going to go back into his childhood and understand who this person is. But, um, you know, to me, for all the years I've been reporting on the company, uh, Brian Chesky has been someone who has uh, sort of these uh, outsized expectations and sort of this, this optimistic perspective on the world. You know, he is a – one of some of his strengths are um, – sort of product and design excellence and marketing. And I think he really has these like amazing PR instincts and he's built a company where employees really believe in the culture. I think by and large, I mean, there, there's obviously exceptions It's by far not a perfect place to work, but you know, you hear people speak about it with the kind of reverence that you don't necessarily hear other Silicon Valley companies. Uh, how does that hold up in, in a pandemic when your business is down, you know, by, uh, you know, three quarters, uh, and all of a sudden the IPO that you were planning, um, and, and the equity that, that employees were hoping to cash in on all of a sudden is, is yeah, at risk super in doubt. Yeah, sure. Uh, and so I think I, I, the, the new points that I was kind of trying to raise, um, and kind of contextualizing Brian and his performance was there has been a couple years now of sort of simmering skepticism about his ability to steer um, Airbnb effectively. Um, you know, and, and these came out of like uh, two dozen conversations I've had with people who worked at the upper ranks of the company. Um, two things stood out to me. Um, one is uh, sort of this big bet that he put his reputation on, which was sort of the idea that Airbnb would be this company that had multiple uh, sort of successful product lines, starting with, you know, obviously outside of the main business, you know, in 2016, he launched experiences, which is travel tours uh, and activities, you know, sort of going out and doing a a cooking class when you're in Italy or, or, you know, what have you. I'm sure some of our listeners have done them. Uh, you know, some, some new data that I have is, is that that was is still, you know, even four years later, three and a half years later, um, a very small part of the business. Um, right. People pulled in less than 30, I was saying people less than 35 million last year. Yeah. Right. People still think of Airbnb as a hotel alternative, a cheap way to stay, uh, or maybe you know, an interesting or culturally, I don't know, more fun way to stay when you're on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I Which think, is a good I business. Mean, I think super, it's a great business. I, you know, it is not WeWork, right? Like, I think we should maybe say that bluntly. It has got a business model that is asset light and, and you know, generally, uh, you know, you, you, there's a reason it was, it's been able to raise, you know, $2 billion 
billion dollars in debt capital, you know, from some of the biggest names in private equity. Okay. Um, okay. So let, let's get last, to that actually, because that's been kind of an amazing parade of announcements that have come out over the last couple of weeks, which is as it's been more and more clear that Airbnb, its IPO is very much in doubt. Uh, and the timing they had around it and the sort of business fundamentals that were going to power it are no longer the case. It seems like every couple of days I hear about a new amount of money that's being poured into Airbnb, uh, mostly debt, right? Yeah. So the first round uh, two weeks ago, uh, or actually early last week, it was a billion dollars of debt with warrants. Um, so, you know, debt, a billion dollars of debt capital from Silver Lake uh, and Six Street Partners, which spun out, I think, from TPG. Um, and then those investors also have the option to buy equity in Airbnb at an $18 billion valuation. Um, so that's a pretty significant haircut. You know, that is sort of, I would think of that as sort of what those investors see as like the price floor for Airbnb right now. And mm-hmm. that is a, a significant step down from, you know, the 31 billion that they last raised at and I think their, their internal valuation a year ago was in the high thirties, you know, so it, it's, it's a big step down, um, but they needed, the, you know, they want to have the financial cushion to, um, you know, be able to not fear kind of running out of cash, you know, at a moment when no one is, you know, it's a possible no one will really start traveling again in earnest all year. Right. Um, you know, so, you could see seventy percent revenue declines. Um, Right. So basically, they're just trying to build up their, I don't know if war chest is the right word, but they just need a large cushion of money to be able to get them through however long this, you know, truly awful period for their business lasts. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, people around, you know, Airbnb uh, boosters and and whatnot are are kind of, you know, talking about how the strategy is to come out of this uh, really tough period by playing offense rather than defense. And, you know, we can use this moment to buy companies that, you know, we want, you know, businesses that we maybe want to get into and um, things like that. And that's all well and good. I think they're trying to project a position of strength. I think obviously the skepticism, you know, that is worth raising here is that they raise this debt at a significantly high interest rate. Um, which will have them paying hundreds of millions of dollars in, you know, sort of um, debt payments uh, for the next few years, at the very least. Um, and and this is for a company that isn't profitable. Um, so that that's a, that's a risk. I, I think they they took the alternative, you know, the alternative of of um, raising debt was, uh, you know, raising more equity or, or raising convertible debt that would have essentially had Airbnb having to like dilute shareholders more. Um, so they didn't want to do that. They felt like they could, you know, that raising debt would be sort of a, maybe a risky proposition, but also one that would, uh, wouldn't have them, uh, you know, having to pay out much more and sort of what they see as really precious, you know, which is, equity in the company. Right. So so what about the IPO? Is it at all a realistic possibility this company will go public in within the next year? <laughs> uh, that's the question, right? Uh, so I don't have any new reporting on that, but I would say it's doubtful. I would say like extreme people might think it's like, you know, more than doubtful. Like no way they go public. Yeah. Uh, I would just say that there is still the unresolved issue that I've written about before. Um, you know, which is what does Airbnb do with the stock grants that are expiring um, uh, by the end of this year? 
Um, and that is an expensive issue. It again is if they if Airbnb brings in a, a, a an outside shareholder to buy these these like equity grants from employees, that creates a lot more dilution for other shareholders, and there's big tax implications. Basically, it's just a very complicated, difficult to resolve issue when Airbnb sort of issued these. Um, are you know the restricted stock units or RSUs? Every company, you know, startup in the valley uses them, um, but they have a seven-year expiration period on them, and they were you know issued starting in 2014. Um, so that's sort of the, the the problem that the company has that kind of former employees are are sort of panicked about, uh, uh, and and that will be a huge story whatever Airbnb decides to do. Here's my last question here about Airbnb, and this is all a lot of prognostication and, and crystal ball gazing, um, but we do that here at the information. Like, is there a worry that people will be less inclined to want to stay at someone else's house um, rather mm -hmm. than, say, a hotel, um, as there are lingering fears around, you know, the spread of this virus, how contained it is, and, you know, how much upkeep people in their houses have kept uh, versus the last hosts and, you know, cleaning services. Yeah. I mean, is that a real concern for the company? And I mean, how are they approaching that? I think it is, yeah. I mean, you all of a sudden have... Uh... You know, the number one fear or number one of the, the top thoughts in people's minds when they go to book a place to stay is how clean is it? You know, what are the standards here? And, you know, Airbnb historically has been uh, an unmanaged marketplace and, you know, sort of tech or VC parlance. You know, people can generally put up their homes, you know, for, for a listing without really many checks or balances except for user reviews. Um, uh, and how Airbnb integrates like cleaning standards and verification into that, I think is a big open question. Yeah. Obviously hotels, you know, by and large have, you know, sort of their own staff and often they're unionized and there's, you know, sort of decades of, of, um, of history and, and, and sort of experience there. But, um, you know, Airbnb has, like, been saying, like, we're trying to verify all of our listings. And uh, that's that's really tough. I, I uh, you know, I, it will be interesting to see what our consumer preference is for travel right. Right. And, and, know, and in the year, medium, and long term. Yeah, and to be clear, no one really knows. But I just imagine these are going to be the big questions that investors, uh, you know, the public markets are going to ask. And, you know, I'm sure hotels are champing at the bit to try and ensure that, you know, given the fights that they have had against Airbnb in the past, I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see marketing around that, like, hey, stay at a hotel, at least you know it's clean. Um, right. As, as no, totally. Market. And I think, and I, and I think the, the money, you know, the money that Airbnb, that Airbnb raised reflects both like the, you know, sort of upside and downside case for the company. You know, they, they, they raised, you know, $2 billion from some of the smartest investors on the planet. They also raised the money at a pretty steep interest rate, you know, which, uh, you know, signals that it's a pretty risky uh, bet or that the investors want to get compensated in a way that reflects sort of that risk. And so, you know, it, it's certainly not curtains for Airbnb right now, but it is, you know, without question, the biggest challenge they've ever faced. And, um, it's coming at a moment when, you know, they weren't necessarily, I think, uh, on top of their game the last, the last couple of years, there's been some softness around the business. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't write them off or from it. Um, right. 
but uh, Brian Chesky is certainly like one of the most interesting founders in tech <laughs> right now uh, in this moment to be yeah. watching. Well, certainly, Corey, there's no softness around your reporting when it comes to writing about Airbnb. So uh, we thank you for joining us. And uh, for those of you who found this conversation interesting and want to know even more about Airbnb and ask Corey and um, other people like Airbnb investor Hans Tung questions about the company, you can join us actually at a, a Q&A that we're doing um, tomorrow. Uh, so just uh, if you're interested, send an email to me, Tom at theinformation.com or Corey at theinformation.com and uh, we can try to get you in on that, uh, on, in on that panel. Um, all right, Corey, uh, good work as always, and uh, have you back here soon. Yeah, thank you, Tom.